This is Magic City Soccer. Es el fútbol de la ciudad mágica. This is Magic City Soccer. Este es el fútbol de la ciudad mágica de Miami. This is Magic City Soccer. Let's go, Miami FC. This is Magic City Soccer. This is Magic City Soccer. Vamos, Miami. This is Magic City Soccer. This is Magic City Soccer, bitches. Este es el fútbol de la ciudad mágica de Miami. This is Magic City Soccer. This is Magic City Soccer, your home for everything you need to know about soccer in Miami-Dade County. Hello, soccer fans in South Florida and beyond, and welcome to our show. Uh, I am Matthew Bunch. We're happy to have you here as we are on the doorstep of the start of the NASL regular season for 2017. Uh, but before that, we have a little bit of interstate business to deal with, but I'm getting ahead of myself here. Let's meet the rest of the gang. Uh, my wonderful co-host here. First, let's go over to Omar Mubayed. Omar, how you doing? He's been waiting to do that for a while. We have a lot to talk about when it comes to European soccer, including the uh, remarkable Champions League turnabout. Um, but Omar, uh, besides from European matters, how you doing, pal? I'm good. I'm good. I, I just really wanted to throw that in there at some point. I thought it was hysterical. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Um, Drew Hausman. Drew's on the line. Birthday boy or belated birthday boy, Drew Hausman. How you doing, pal? I'm doing good. Uh, I told this. W- I was told this was a Florida Gulf Coast University March Madness podcast, but uh, I'm game for this. Oh, Dunk City. Oh. <laughs> we will dive into bracketology for, I believe it's going to be about two or three hours, but uh, let's get a little bit of the soccer business out of the way first. Yeah, that other sport. Um, yeah. So... Um, we have March Madness, and of course, March Madness in the soccer world, mean in the American soccer world, means preseason. The preseason is beginning to wrap up. We're getting near the end, and we have a nice, tasty little matchup here to kind of be the cherry on top of the preseason schedule. Uh, we have a couple of games to discuss before we get to that, um, however. So let's talk about this. Uh, Miami FC matching up against um, some collegiate-level competition, and I would say it's two wins, but maybe a little bit of mixed results. I kind of want to dive into especially the second game uh, uh, against um, the fourth division side, Miami Fusion. Um, guys, uh, let's start with Drew. Drew, what, did you, what have you seen from the games against Barry? Uh, I'm sorry, the games against, yeah, the games against St. Thomas Aquinas and the game against, uh, St. Thomas Aquinas? Uh, yeah. yeah. You're, you're, go- I, you're all crazy today. Oh, man. Yeah. All right. Let me, let me take this over. Let me, whoa, 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 whoa. Take it over. You're the captain now. Re, re, <laughs> look at me. Look at me. Okay. So, uh, we, I believe we did not discuss the, uh, doubleheader split 60 minute Florida Gulf Coast University games. Am I crazy or no? I don't think we did. I, I could be mistaken. I don't think we did, though. Then after that was a university named Barry, and then the Miami Fusion. Yes. Correct. Yes, St. Thomas was not in there. St. Thomas was a field. not at all in the schedule. <laughs> yeah, that's where we play. I, I'm going to shut up. Please take it away. Okay, so uh, I guess where we left you all off on the preseason uh, was prior to the Florida Gulf Coast University game, uh, which was at St. Thomas uh, University early in the morning, but what was interesting was we did split squads and played uh, two 60-minute games, which was good because you got to see the full diversity of, uh, you know, kind of, I'm not going to label them this, but uh, an A and a B team that got to uh, both play that day. Um, 
just a complete slaughter on those mornings. I can't remember the the final combined score because it was very confusing with the split squad. Um, but I I remember out of that game, Michelle was a a complete beast, and uh, Blake Smith <laughs> looked looked really hot in the preseason. Um, are, are we going to break it down game by game, or you want me to just say how good the yeah, yeah, team yeah, was we'll against all three? All right, I mean, yeah, we got all the time in the world. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, we said two to three hours, and then we're going to do college basketball talk. So, oh, I thought it was soccer. Yeah. Then two to three hours of college basketball talk. Oh no, no, no! Why, why are we going to you know spoil the fun for all our fans who want the marathon session? <laughs> this is like the Iliad of podcasts. We're just well, going to go for days. <laughs> We're going to go for days. Well, that Florida Gulf Coast game actually drew. Uh, the game finished three to one uh, amongst the four thirty-minute quarters that we played soccer that day. Like you said, it was. Uh, it definitely was not. I don't know if I would say one A and one B. I think the lineups were kind of mixed up. I I think the thought process was who's going to gel with who. So we start getting those partnerships in play, especially now as we finish up the preseason next week and moved on into the further games. And I think what was interesting is, you know, that game ended 3-1. And like what we talked about before that game uh, in our previous podcast, we said that some of these kids from these universities that we're going to be playing, they're going to want to make a name for themselves. And and they did. And it was most notable in the Barry University game uh, where both goals by uh, Barry University were fantastic goals. They were goals of quality. They beat Miami City's, um, Miami City's, <laughs> they beat Miami FC's defense, uh, and they put the ball into the back corner. So it was actually excellent technique and excellent work from Barry Strikers. Uh, of course, the final score was 6-2 to two in favor of Miami FC, so it was rather lopsided. Um, but what you did see and what was really notable was the following. Miami FC against university teams looked like they should. They overwhelmed the game. They used their strength. They used their size to dispossess uh, Barry and Florida Gulf Coast throughout both contests. And you can tell that the physicality was not matched by these university sides. I can't talk about the Fusion game because I notably missed the game. So, Matt, did you see a physicality issue with regards to playing Miami Fusion, who's now more of that semi-pro you have some pro players fourth division team there or did Miami still dominate, you know, that physicality front? Uh, You know, what I would say is um, I think the fact, and and I think this partially answers the question and at the same time, maybe leads to some confusion. Anytime, especially in a pre pre preseason situation, you're giving up an early goal. It kind of scrambles everything. And I feel like that may have been a little bit of what happened here. Um, I don't think Miami FC looked great against the Fusion. I don't think it. I don't think the Fusion looked better than Miami FC, but I, 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 I think they were a tiny bit underwhelming. Um, that was my general conclusion. I, Miami FC looked like the better team, but it didn't scream. It didn't jump off the field. It was. It was kind of a more a slower burn, a more methodical development that over time you could see, okay, they're going to get the equalizer and they're going to take the lead, but it was going to take a little bit of time. And and again, it's a good thing because they get some experience coming from behind and facing a little bit of adversity. Um, however, you know, that's maybe not what you want to see um, in the final preseason game before you actually play competition that's on par. 
Yeah, I mean that makes perfect sense. Again, you know, I didn't make the game. I didn't make the game at all. So I, I did see that. But Miami Fusion's goal was that was that a penalty or was that an, an on field goal? Um, it was. Um, you'll forgive me. Um, Drew, you there? Yeah, I I think it was a free kick, and then it 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 didn't go directly in. It it, it went to somebody else, but. I believe it was a result from a, a you know kind of a far back free kick, and then they just got it into the box and uh, in typical lower division fashion, everybody just kind of <laughs> scrambled and they ended up with a goal. All right, so it's not one of those where you were like there was a breakdown in defense or there was a guy who was clearly unmarked and they scored a goal and, and took that early lead. It was more one of those crazy casualties: Leicester City, West Morgan getting a knee on the ball and, and, and getting ahead of Sevilla. Uh, yesterday kind of antics there I'm assuming yeah and I, I I believe the guy who got the assist on it or who took the free kick or maybe who just made the initial pass was a uh, I think he was actually one of those strikers uh, under 23 NPSL players so uh, that was quite comical <laughs> well it's good to see that those boys are landing spots on other teams though to, to you know continue their development and stuff and move forward yeah exactly exactly no no we're, we're not gonna dig at at a at, uh at a team and, and definitely kids trying to make their way uh, through the professional ranks. We're not going to do that. We're above that here. Yeah. Oh, and I'm, I'm not saying anything I was saying about that. I mean, I think Miami Fusion did a hell of a job. I, I think they, I, I thought that was, they were, they, you know, they were making Miami AFC sweat, you know? Um, yeah, they, they put on a hell of a show. I, I don't, I didn't, I hope I, that wasn't taken as any. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, they, no. I feel like did. you're getting defensive for no reason here. Like, Wait, what do you? What's going well, on here? Like you, I, you laid out like a blanket apology. Where I was like, <laughs> oh, did, did we say something terrible? I don't know. I know. Okay. All right. Good. I guess that's um, my fault. No, no, no. That's all right. Um, so the most the, apologetic uh, soccer podcast out of America. <laughs> yes. Um, so yeah, I I will say for for as much as I said the fusion game was a little bit, for lack of a better word, maybe a little rickety. I thought the team looked dynamite against Barry, uh, e- even more so than against um, Florida Gulf Coast. I thought they looked good against Florida Gulf Coast, but Florida Gulf Coast is actually a pretty legit uh, NCAA squad, and and Barry's pretty good too. But Miami FC, in terms, you could I felt that there was that was kind of maybe the the pivot point for a lot of this kind of idea of like establishing partnerships and building some of this um, some of the 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 you know the the shared the shared goals and some of the, the the teamwork that that you're hoping to build out of the preseason. I think especially in that second half against Barry, they looked very sharp. Um, and again, the Miami Fusion game is a little bit weird, for lack of a better descriptor. And, and so I, I don't I don't want to dismiss it, but at the same time, I think um, you know you take what you want from it. You're you're playing a, a quality of competition that's a step up um, from from college level. So, yeah, I think there, there's a lot that the team can take away from these last few games. I mean, and don't forget, though, we also have the games. We stream the Bear University game live through our Twitter account, at Magic City Soccer. So if you haven't checked out the game and you haven't seen kind of, I mean, manhandling is not the word I want to use, but it's kind of an accurate description. Um, if you want to see how that game played out, Go ahead and go on our Twitter account at Magic City Soccer. Do it from a mobile device because I'm noticing that if you use a tablet or a computer, you don't have Periscope. Uh, the option, actually, I'm sorry, you don't see the option to see the tweet. 
via Periscope. So I recommend you go on a mobile device, go to Magic City Soccer on Twitter, scroll down. Uh, the game was played, if I'm not mistaken, on March 4th, and you'll see you'll be able to see both halves. It was a rather windy, uh, rather windy day. I know that Miami FC went up 3-0, if I'm not mistaken, uh, at the end of the first half. You know, basically on the back of a Pino goal and on a basically a giveaway from the Barry University keeper. And it was an excellent free kick from Michelle that clanked off the iron and in. Oh and, of course, a penalty to, you know, get his brace in that first half. Yeah, Drew was quite happy about that, uh, that Michelle finish. Uh, I think I mean, going into the game, I was I was hyping him up, and for whatever reason, uh, my my new projection is fifteen to twenty goals this year. And uh, d- despite his age, man, that that guy has got a freaking miracle foot, and just having him get the free kick and then the penalty kick was just beautiful. Uh, for you know, more of a defensive minded player, it's great that we can have a guy with such a dangerous option. Uh, and especially, especially with Super Dario gone, I think I said it before, but uh, give, give that man the ball every time there's a penalty kick or a free kick uh, outside the box, and we'll we'll get some points off that. Is there anybody else you would trust, realistically speaking, on this roster other than Michelle to take penalties should he not be in the game? Oof. <laughs> I mean, no, not to put anybody on the spot or. or well, I mean, I, I don't. Guys I don't, don't think there's anybody do that's been necessarily proven to do so. I think uh, maybe seeing like Ariel Martinez would be interesting, but I just don't think we've kind of had him in that position before taking those. But right. um, I'd put him maybe up there because he's a fairly experienced player too, and I think he's got pretty decent accuracy and a great foot. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Matt, throw it to you. <laughs> um, I mean, it's such a tough question because you don't, I mean, we don't see it all that much. You know what I mean? It's not like there's a a penalty exhibition where we can kind of take a look and, and yet. see who can knock it yet. in or not. Which, yet. No, I think, I, the, you know, I'm saying this because I think this should be um, uh, a strategy going forward. I think this is how you draw in the fans. It's like a home run derby. You know, you have it right before the game, part of the warm-ups, and everyone has a good time. Um, but you do but the yeah, old MLS style of, where the goalie has to charge out. Oh, <laughs> God. Oh, my God. That's gosh. the best. I wish. Yeah. that That's one thing where American soccer got it right, I think. I think that's the best way to decide it. It's it's way better. Than if anybody stumbles least. on this podcast from across the pond, they're immediately turning it off right there. Oh, I know. America but got still. it right with soccer shootouts? Wait. Is this a hockey game or soccer? What's going on here? One time. One time we got it right. That's all I'm saying. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I would probably defer to Drew on this, and, 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 and I would say I would probably – you want to look for a guy who's got a big leg, and Ariel Martinez kind of fits the bill. Um, but, yeah, I mean, again, Drew has been going on about Michelle since before Miami FC acquired him. Um He's been a Michelle homeboy from the start, um, so I uh, yeah I'm I, it's been intriguing watching him play. He definitely plays with an intensity and a strength that kind of to borrow something I said a minute ago does jump off the field. Right, it's and something even, that's easy to see. And even at his age, it, it's amazing how productive he's looked throughout uh, this preseason campaign, and he hasn't been playing. A fixed position. I looked at one of the Miami FC trainers during the Barry University game and asked him, you know, where do you guys see him slotting in? 
because most of the time that I've watched the previous games, whether it was the under-19 game or whether it was the Florida Gulf Coast or the Barry, it almost seemed like he was at left back for quite a bit of time. And I said, wait a second, Michelle doesn't necessarily play uh, left back. Like that That's not where I where I, I usually view him playing. And then, you know, he's like, oh, well, we're, we're going to have him at left mid. And I'm like, but he just seems to be floating. It doesn't really matter where... Uh, where where they're going to slot him in terms of starting roster and position, he seems to be the kind of player who's going to float around, find open space, and get from point A to point B efficiently, it's, which is something that I think we lacked last season. And it's it's almost like a uh, less aggressive uh, version of PC from the strikers, because when he came from Brazil, his that was the same position was uh, left back, and then they had to adjust when he came to the team. And I and I almost think it's just sort of like a talent thing where it's like. You know, we we can't afford to put you here. <laughs> your foot is your foot is too deadly, and like your skills pos- surpass your position. Not to uh, diss any left backs here, but uh, it it just kind of reminded me of that 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 style or how how they use PC on that team. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, and, go ahead, going go full ahead, circle. Go sorry, sorry, no, going full circle no, back to uh, with re- I'm sorry, going back uh, with regards to the penalty spot. Really, I think Michelle is the prime candidate. I think he's shown that he has the composure and he has the ability to slot the ball not only into certain positions, uh, you know, into the corners, but also with pace. And I don't want a Miami FC player going up to the spot and just, you know, getting cheeky and dribbling. When I'd rather see, you know, not to keep referencing Leicester City, but I'd rather him take a full run and just bang one into the back of the net every time than, you know, trying to cheekily trying to put one on the side, just go up like Jamie Vardy, realize that either he's going to save it or he's not, and just hit it as hard as you can into the net. That's kind of my preference with regards to taking penalties and and watching a penalty be taken. I don't want to see position, this and that. Just hit it as hard as you can, blow it by the keeper, just like a fastball, and get into the back of the net. Yeah, he he actually missed a a penalty in the Fusion game, I think, and everybody kind of looked at me and I was like, whoa! <laughs> He's got this, but but it was funny because I, I think he just uh, immediately grabbed the ball and then took control, and I was kind of happy with that. Where I was like, okay, man, you need to just slate it right now in the preseason that you're going to take every single one of these in the upcoming season. Him or Johnny Steele, I, I just, that's the fight you don't want to see for a penalty. You don't want to see those two guys go at it, right? Because yes. when I was on Sports Meltdown. One of the couple of the co-hosts there were asking me, like, who's the one guy in the Miami FC's roster that you don't want to really cross on a street, kind of dark, dim lit. You don't want that guy, you know, crossing paths with you. And I, immediately I was like, Johnny Steele. Didn't have to think twice about him. I'm just like, that dude is physical. That dude looks aggressive and mean. He plays mean. You don't want to get a, into a fight with Johnny Steele when you're on the pitch. And at the same time, I'm looking at it it's like, I wouldn't want to have an argument with Johnny Steele. So if, like, I'm on Miami FC's roster and I'm looking at the penalty spot and I'm grabbing the ball, if he comes up to me and takes the ball, here you go, sir. Go, go on. Have fun. You can finish with that. That's good. That's funny. Yeah, you know, going back to what you had mentioned a second ago, Omar, uh, I, I, I think that considering the number of opportunities – uh, that we had last year from the penalty spot. I feel like it's, you know, I, I, we we were able to earn a, a few, you know, good penalty opportunities. It's what saw Darius each be near the top of the scoring list for so long. Um, I'm inclined to agree with you uh, on the idea that you just need someone to go up and knock it in. Um, 
especially at the at, at the at the NASL level, I hate when there's this these you know you're trying to sneak it, you're trying to trick it, and it's just just go up and hit it. It's it's already it's hard like it's hard to save a shot coming off the foot like that at full speed when you can't really guess what direction it's going. And anytime you're slowing it down, you're just giving the goalie an advantage that they don't need to have. And so I, I do like, you know, the mentality of a guy who's just going to go up there and kick the crap out of it. Are we done with uh, with PK conversations? <laughs> I think so, yes. <laughs> so, I, I did want to mention something, though. Um, there was one player, I feel like, in, in the preseason here that really jumped out to me. I mean, there were a few players who did very well, but, but someone that we did not hear a lot about um, last season, and I feel like... Every game, I, I was hearing people kind of praise him and, and you know give him a give him a, a cheer and give him support because he did something well. Was uh, Robert Baggio? I thought he played very well in this preseason. Um, that may just be me, but I, again, I felt like I was constantly looking up and considering he played, I think a grand total. I I, I looked online as uh, you guys were talking. I think he played uh, twenty minutes last season. Um, I don't know. He's a younger player. He's in his he's in his early twenties. I feel like he could possibly make a contribution this year. Yeah, I think he's played really well. We had a chance to interview him after the under-19 team. Um, and he seems like a, a kid who's finding his role in the squad. Um, you know, is he somebody who's going to break the starting 11 from time to time? Yes, I, I think so. It could definitely happen against the correct opponent. Um, and I think he's got the potential to be on the squad long term for years to come. You know, he's kind of that hidden talent. I think he's got a lot of raw potential. And I think that's what this um, this coaching staff is trying to get out from him. Try to polish it up, make sure that he's a surface football player every week. And I think... He's the kind of player where if the United States had more open competition amongst their different divisions, he would get more playing time. Absolutely, 100% would get more playing time. But the fact that you don't really have open competitions across the different divisions except for the U.S. Open Cup, you know, players like him suffer, uh, you know, playing stateside. Yeah, I, yeah, I go ahead, Drew. Go ahead. Uh, we, we both started with the same entrance phrase, yeah, I... Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he had a great preseason. The the other one I thought who did really well too, and uh, specifically against uh, Florida Gulf Coast University was Blake Smith. Um, and I don't know if that's just uh, the lack of defense of uh, Florida Gulf Coast University, but I felt like him and Michelle were just consistently connecting on balls, and he was going up the left uh, uh, very aggressively. And it was good to see. I, I know he had a great presence last year, but... Uh, he was one of those guys we're looking at preseason. It looks like uh, you know he's kind of developed as a player and kind of found his niche on the team where where he can be a, a threat this year and uh, a better player. Yeah, it's kind of fun to see those partnerships develop. Um, that's one of the best parts of of being kind of involved and engaged in the preseason. It is kind of seeing it's like kind of like Christmas morning where you're just like. Ooh, that's something new. I wonder what I can do with that. And, you know, it just kind of gets the imagination going. And I think it's the same for the players and the coaches, you know, that, that it really kind of fuels um, the creative juices, so to speak, getting them to think about different ways they can work together. And when you see it click, um, it's really cool. You know, when you get into the grind of the regular season, you don't really – everything's moving so fast, you don't get a chance to kind of step back and appreciate that. But but being out there on these, you know, basically intramural fields um, – just standing there and kind of being at field level, you can see it. 
so close, and it's 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 a it's a very different way to enjoy the game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, noting with the North American Soccer League, I kind of stumbled across this gem here, guys. How many Americans do you think manage a team in the NASL? How many American managers are there in the NASL? So three out of eight, right? Oh, Drew says three. I'm sorry. What was that, Matt? So, so, yeah, I I would guess. No, I would guess five. Da da da. Answers one. Tim Hankinson with the Indy Eleven is the only American manager in the NASL. Everybody else. Wow, really? There are two Canadian managers. One for SC Edmonton and San Francisco uh, Delta's manager uh, is Mark DeSantos. Um, three guys from the United Kingdom. Uh, I can't. I can't really differentiate the flag, so I'm not even going to enter that conversation. Well, you said Americans, so I'm counting Canada as North America. So oh, technically, well, I was correct can, with the so three answers. So you thank you. Well, I actually. Yeah, well, all right, fine. I'll, I'll let you, let you <laughs> As one. Drew pushes up his taped-up glasses up his nose. <laughs> but they, I will technically, say, I will say that what's interesting here is that it seems like uh, the only teams without a kit sponsor would be Miami FC and North Carolina FC. If you remember, North Carolina FC did have the Blue Cross and Blue Shield insurance company of North Carolina. Uh, on their shirts last season, and not to be snobby about all oh, kid sponsors, because I know you know everybody's favorite Lee, uh, everybody's favorite Welshman Lee Ifens is is definitely on my case when it comes to sponsorships. He thinks that I truly love having a giant Chevrolet logo on my United jersey. It's it's not about the sponsorship; it's just about kind of the interest in seeing who would it be. So, out of curiosity, if you guys had to choose, you know, a sponsor for Miami FC's kid, somebody realistic. Don't don't give me you know uh, somebody that's unrealistic. Give me somebody realistic who who you think would be a pretty cool addition to the shirt. That's a good one. Okay, um, I'm gonna fire off two right now. Public Sabor. <laughs> I knew that was coming. La Caretta. La Caretta. Okay. But they yeah, need La like Caretta. the wagon wheel on the jersey. Yes. Yeah, like the full logo, the full logo with the wheel. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, the 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 one that jumped out to me was Polio Tropical. Oh, that's a good um, one too. That just you know with the palm tree, palm frond logo, or <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, like Sedanos or something, but that would be super boring because it's just gonna be text. Well, yeah. I've always thought I've always thought Cafe Bustelo would be an interesting one. I always thought, you know, maybe we can go down one of these crappy casino routes and, and, and maybe have a Mikasuki or somewhat similar. Uh, Rowdies. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but you know what, though? I wish we had more online gaming in the States because I would love to see like 666 bet. It's got Chinese letters on it. It doesn't make any sense. Well, that's, yeah. that's why I wish the, the Red Bulls had a, you know. It's unfortunate that they are the Red Bulls because the online gambling is now legal in New Jersey, so they technically could pull one of those off. Like but, poker stars, right? Yeah. Yeah. But unfortunately, they're tied to a uh, really energy awesome drink energy away. drink. <laughs> Who will gladly take some free swag yeah, if yeah, you yeah. want to send our way. No, um, and the third one that I thought would be absolutely Miami, absolutely just encompass the sense of this team. Navarro Super Discount. Well, I, I honestly think the best answer is Nyoke Barato. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I don't know if that one would fly. Um, 
All right, but, so yeah. so Twitter challenge. Yeah, that could yes. be our next Twitter poll. Love it. Not, Twitter, not poll, Twitter poll, but poll. I, I don't yeah, feel like challenge. this should be ours. I feel like this should be user-submitted. Tweet at Magic City Soccer your suggestions or uh, ideas for the most Miami kit sponsor we could get. What does the winner yes, get? Not, not the best. Oh, I don't, I don't fucking know what the winner one. gets. I'll, I'll get can, them something cool. Miami. But can, can we can we give them two tickets to the home opener? Would that fly? Yeah, I'll do that. I'll yeah. Well, two yeah, tickets to the home. So you heard it here first. Two tickets to the home opener on April eighth against the New York Cosmos. Give us your best most Miami suggestion for who would be the kit sponsor on Miami FC's kitless shirt or sponsorless kit. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think the way to go is not best. It's most Miami. Yeah, most yeah. Miami. I think that's the way yeah. the most Miami kit sponsorship. And I will tell you right now, El Carajo does not qualify. <laughs> El Carajo okay, so does not qualify. Anything already mentioned is off limits. Correct. Don't steal one of our ideas and try to suck up to us. Flattery gets you everywhere in life, but it won't work here. Well, so I, something else. I feel like there's going to be a lot of shit in Spanish that all three of us don't understand what it is. Well, I speak Spanish. I think unlike the two of you. Sí. <laughs> yes, mi, es, correct. mi español es muy bueno. Well, your español <laughs> is not too bad. But, uh, yes, try, try, listen, the team is Miami. It's not Hialeah. So you don't necessarily need to make it a very Hialeah reference. As long as you keep it within the 305 area code, we'll be good to go. Yes. Agreed. Ooh, agreed, agreed. Okay. Can, can I just throw one out there? Throw one out there because there's less suggestions that we can get. So less okay. things we have to look through. Go for it. So are you guys familiar with Don Bailey? Yeah, oh, Don the... Bailey carpet? Yeah. <laughs> but the kid sponsor has like the 60-year-old body of him laying across yes. it. <laughs> Absolutely. That would be fantastic. <laughs> that would have been a winner. It would have been a winner. So you yes. see, what you have yeah. to do is you have to go the Don Bailey route. Just You cannot yes. choose Don Bailey. Don Bailey, but the 90-year-old Don Bailey where it's just a fat old tan guy laying out. Agreed. Oh, agreed, this, agreed, game, agreed. this game Boulevard checking in hard. <laughs> yes. The, the gauntlet has been dropped. You need to beat Don Bailey. If you want those tickets, you got to beat Don Bailey carpet. Um, so uh, let's, let's move on to uh, matters of similar silliness. And I think that's the the very exciting, somewhat controversial news uh, that Miami FC is introducing a team mascot. Um, also, Don I, Bailey. I wanna... Yes, the mascot <laughs> is Don Bailey. <laughs> With feathers and tar. Uh, I, I want to read uh, from the press release from the team uh, that came out on the 13th. Uh, we are happy to announce that the Miami FC is adding a new member to the family, a mascot. We are a club of the community, and the Miami FC faithful always comes first. With this in mind, we want you, the fans, to help give us to help give the mascot its name. Um, admissions are being accepted on the team's website through the twenty fourth. Um, they're going to gather the best and most popular submissions, and they'll be uh, rounded up. Speaking of Ma- March Madness earlier, in Mascot Madness, it'll be a uh, eight team bracketed uh, competition. Um, Man, we already did this. Was- what was this now? I'm saying we 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 came up with this uh, mascot. Well, we we voted on worst mascot, and I feel like they're just taking our idea, but they're just yeah, so, but they're just putting it related to a name. 
this is important that, yeah, we, we absolutely pioneered the idea of Miami FC fans voting on mascot-related topics. We expect a royalty from the team post-haste. Um, but what we do appear to know is that it, based off of the most recent information, which is three pieces of what appears to be a 12-piece puzzle, <laughs> it's some type of bird, it's blue, and it's got orange legs. What we also know is that in advance of the game uh, this weekend, uh, the Tampa Bay Rowdies are starting to talk some crap. Yeah, and not, not out having that, it, not having it. That our mascot, in its silhouette, appears to somewhat resemble their Pelican mascot. Drew, you have met the mascot in question in Tampa Bay. Um, and what's your opinion on this? First off, is this a ripoff of Pete the, Pir- uh, the, the Pelican? Yeah, I was going to say, he has a name and it's Pete. It's Pete yes, the Pelican. What, what, <laughs> What's your take off on? I want. I wanted to avoid using his name. I don't want anything about Tampa Bay being discussed here. Um, but what, what's your take on first off the similarity, and secondly, the idea of the mascot in general? Um. Yeah, they set themselves up for it because well, Tampa did a very good job of finding um, a picture of Pete the Pelican that resembles very much so the Miami mascot. Uh, but let's face this: uh, all throughout. Uh, South America and Central America, they're just a ridiculous handful of uh, chicken or bird-based mascots. So <laughs> this is nothing new. Um, I believe it's a condor, though. Everybody's saying it's a condor. It's, it's all very confusing to me. Um, I've done, I am not a mascot hater yet, but uh, this is going to be interesting. It's not like you were going to say I'm not a mascot idiot yet, but I'm open to change. No, my... <laughs> okay. Uh, on the real talk, uh, my whole thing with mascots is no matter what you have at first, all the adults are going to hate it. Because it's basically an idea made for, like, kids in the age range of 5 to maybe 11 to take pictures with. So they're not creating a mascot for the drunken 32-year-olds who hold a freaking three-hour-long NASL podcast on Wednesday nights uh, to Who's approve 32? of. Don't age me. What the, hell, what the hell are you doing? Take that back right now. Well, I'm 32. Anyway, so, uh, you know. I don't know about you, but Drew is 32. Go ahead, Drew. Um, you guys derailed me. Anyway, you know, <laughs> no matter no matter what you put out there, it's going to be a disliked mascot 99% of the time. And uh, it's it's just going to be one of those things that you have to grow to love. Um, I just hope he can dance. And if he can't, well, then fuck him. <laughs> if he can't dan- he, dance, he is no friend of yours. That's oh, what you're yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, generally... And I've, I've, I've voiced this opinion before when we had a previous conversation. I do not hate mascots at all. In fact, I like my mascots. I will go on the record and say I had a mascot at uh, my and, and my beautiful wife's wedding reception. It's true. Uh, Sebastian, Sebastian the Ibis was there uh, proudly and, and joyfully. Um, I think, in general, we take sports very seriously. And sometimes that's important when we're talking about, like, breakdowns and statistics and it's good to help learn and understand the game better and sometimes it's fucking absurd and i feel like mascots are generally one area where it's absurd i just have fun like that's the one part of this that should be fun 
And it's fun to debate. And if it winds up being a condor, one of my first questions is going to be why? Because that doesn't seem very Miami unless I have a misunderstanding of, of the, the ornithological roots of South Florida. Oh, man, um, that's a that big-ass word. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I hope I used that right and I didn't say, like, bugs or something. Okay, I'm going to look that up <laughs> later. Um, the point is that, like, I don't think a condor is a South Florida bird, but whatever. Let's assume that whatever it's going to be is a South – it has some South sort of South Florida connection. I Great. just hope it has an accurate thorax. Can we get Ron yes, McGill on the be... phone? Someone we need to clarify. <laughs> yes. so, someone call someone Ron call McGill. Ron is Ron McGill on the phone? Get him on the phone. Okay, my, my wife just looked it up while we were talking. Ornithology <laughs> is the study of birds. She's so a production assistant, man. Like She really is. She, she is really the, is a production uh, assistant here. I, I'm wondering, if she, does she <laughs> the one that edits everything together at the end and you're taking credit for it? Oh, you're you're undercutting her whole role in all this, man. She <laughs> she's uh she's uh, overseeing SoundCloud. She's doing everything. She does oh, everything. Oh, fantastic. Um, <laughs> so anyway, my point is that it's fun. The whole you know we go to games to watch the game and have fun, and the winning and the losing is a big part of the fun, admittedly, but it's not the only part. The tailgate is fun. The march in is fun. The hang. Hanging out with friends is fun, and for the and having kids there and them having a fun time, that's part of the fun. And so when people get bent all out of shape about mascots, I just don't get it. Yeah, like like you said, whenever they're revealed, everyone says, "Oh, this is terrible," and why do we need it? Blah blah. And then after a year, everyone's fine, and all the kids are happy, and the kids want to go to the game to see the mascot, and you have an opportunity to make better merchandise with the mascot on it instead of just like block letter stuff with the team name. Everyone wins. It's fine. It's fine. So now I'm going to get into the mascot conversation. It's been <laughs> dominated by you two old hags over here. So look, let's put it this way, right? Like you, like they've said before, I have jumped into this mess of a conversation that's gone on far too long. It's a mascot. It's meant for it's meant for fun purposes. It's meant for PR purposes for kids and schools, you know, and to ex. Uh, ex- expand your brand sorry i can't speak today i do apologize um i don't think any of us can so that's really (laughs) the whole point of having you know this this bird for lack of better words because we don't know what it is yet uh you know to be part of the organization and i also i think that south florida has some really really good mascots across the board actually i think we might be you know in a hotbed for mascots really if you think about it because Billy the Marlin he seems true. to be well liked. Uh, not only around, you know, Miami, but really around, you know, all of baseball. Uh, TD might be the the lower echelon on the ladder. Nobody really likes TD a whole heck of a lot. Sometimes I feel like uh, what it is fun is seeing him having to be held back by the fence force every time the opposing team runs onto Sun Life Stadium. Uh, Bernie, oh. who doesn't love Bernie for the Miami Heat. Um, Stanley oh, yeah. C. Panther, listen, I understand hockey might be, you know, the fourth sport down here or the fifth sport down here, but Stanley C. Panther, man, that dude, that dude goes ham at these games. He's throwing cake at people. He's putting popcorn <laughs> down the heads of opposing fans. He has, uh, you know, taken jerseys off. He's gotten into fights. He's broken his leg on the job. Listen, Stanley C. Panther, you know, he might be the top two the mascot here so this miami fc incoming uh bird has uh has a lot of reputation to, to live up to here okay. i also want to point out omar i think you left out two of the two best local mascots oh sebastian the um, ibis and the miami maniac i do apologize i was going pro sports 
I, I just wanted to, to point that out, that I, I think they are cream of the crop when it comes to college mascots. Like, most universities would kill to have one of them, and, we, and the University of Miami has both. So what? I just wanted to kind of put that out in, there. In before what's the, what's the, the FIU, FIU Panthers tweets. name? Yes, I was going to say, in before the angry FIU tweets from Rory the Panther. <laughs> oh, Rory, Rory. I love Rory, man. <laughs> yeah, Rory's pretty legit. Rory does a good job. Like, I, I'm obviously a homer, but I have nothing. Rory does a solid job there. Man, listen. Rory's a solid ripoff from the University of Kentucky uh, scratch and wild cat. I I, I won't but say I, where, I hear but somebody I actually typing to look it up too. I, it's the best part. <laughs> yeah, that, that was. I mad. am. I want to see because I, I don't know what Kentucky's best guy. I actually worked a job somewhere in Miami where both um, Sebastian the Ibis and Rory the Panther were there, and um, Sebastian just showed him up. Not not only just off looks and recognition, but uh, just. That, that's why I brought up dancing abilities. Because if you're a mascot, you have to be able to entertain. And Rory just kind of did the uh, the white guy, like, pause up kind of whoop whoop party. Yeah, and then, like... <laughs> Raising the roof. Yeah, and, like, dude, Sebastian was, like, doing the Dougie on command. Hey. that That's how um, long ago it was, but <laughs> Sebastian, <laughs> Sebastian, Dougie on command. Rory. So, hey, if you wait around up. long enough, Sebastian will still do the Dougie. Yeah, that's part of the institutional memory of Sebastian the Ibis at this point. Well, when you graduate from UM, you get Sebastian's shoes, if I'm not mistaken. That's if you are the mascot and you're the student who is playing the mascot, you get to walk across graduation stage with your Sebastian the Ibis boots, right, Matt? This is this is correct. Oh, this that's is badass. Correct. Cool. I I know of multiple Sebastians. I cannot disclose their names. Um, it's a fraternity uh, all in of itself it really is it's kind of weird but kind of wonderful at the same time um, so anyway <laughs> I, I feel like long story we short we had a mascot, really weird hole with mascot yes we did which is now the second time that we have absolutely <laughs> derailed one of these shows with mascot talk, oh, and, and for those of you wonderful. who are mad for those of you who are mad about it, whether it's a bird or whether it has a boot with it's claws sticking out of the boot what, what? Google Partick Thistle and be happy that you don't have a demented sun or a demented star as your mascot. <laughs> so if you want to talk shit, if you want to talk shit to our Twitter account about the mascot, the Miami FC Twitter account at the mascot, or the future Twitter account of the mascot, Google Partick Thistle and count your lucky fucking stars that we are not having that guy as a mascot for this one. I really thought, yeah, Parfait Thistle's mascot, Kingsley. I know we already talked about it, but it's just so funny. It's so funny. He was he was designed by some famous artist, and that's what they wound up with. Like, I could fucking do that. I'm really happy you told me it was a famous artist and not like a kid, and now I just look like a pompous asshole for my last 15-second yeah, no, round. It's, it's some guy who was nominated for the Turner Prize, which is like England's top honor for painting. Like, it's... He was, like, among the best artists in the United Kingdom. And he, that's what he came up with. That's Oh, go into art, kids. He's, like, no, he's no Pablo Picasso. You're either going to starve or you'll be able to do whatever the hell you want. No one will tell you no. You'll make oh. more money when you die. Anyway, so, guys, yes. keep in mind that this Saturday, uh, March 18th at 11 a.m., it'll be the final preseason game. Miami FC will be taking on the formerly NASL side in the Tampa Bay Rowdies. Um, it, if the Battle of the Birds! 
the Battle of the Birds. <laughs> uh, we really wanted to have one of the unused substitutes guys on. I, I would like to talk to them about uh, their extensive push to become an MLS team. I think that's a that would have been a fancy conversation that we can have. So unused subs, if you guys end up listening this long to our rambling, you know, shame on you for not coming onto our podcast or scheduling or following up with us. Um, so we looked forward to kicking your butts. On Saturday at 11 a.m. Keep in mind that the game will be streamed live from our Twitter account using the Periscope app. Uh, you may also find the link on our Facebook, but I will not make any promises to that. So make sure you go to our Twitter account at Magic City Soccer uh, to follow that game live with some commentating done from myself. Maybe some partial analysis from Jewer Matt as well. Um, 11 a.m. game is at St. Thomas. It's easy to get into. Uh, you know, there is no fee to get in, bring out your camping chairs, bring out some sunscreen because it does get hot. Uh, and the sun does burn you, believe it or not. The sun will burn you. <laughs> I just, I want to isolate that now. The I sun will burn you. The sun will burn you. The roof okay, is the ceiling. <laughs> the sun will burn you. That's, that's. That's advice for life. You're not getting that anywhere else. No other podcaster taking the time to let you know about the dangers of, of you know, the sun's UV rays. So thank you, Omar. Um, that's an excellent sell on on the the show. And normally we have to tell you about like tickets and stuff, but it's free. You're getting the you know. I heard the Battle of the Birds. I'm going to call this the Battle of the Bays. Tampa versus Biscayne. Ooh, um, that's good. To you know, again, Miami FC. That's a freebie. Um, it's going to be a good matchup Saturday morning, bright and early. Uh, just get some breakfast beers in you, and uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, have some fun. Well, uh, I I'm not sure what else we wanted to get. Oh yes, 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 we we did we did want to get into something here. We're going across the pond. We're going across the pond. Okay, can I hold off on crossing the pond really quick? Because I want to. There is one more thing domestically I want to cover. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. yeah. I would like to av- okay. I would like to avoid the pond crossing for as long as possible. So, so yeah, I don't. Th- I think Drew will will uh, stand by me on this one. Uh, I want to give a shout out because um, we are about local soccer here. We we are obviously Miami FC focused, but um, we are about supporting and, and kind of developing all of local soccer. And I want to give a shout out to uh, La Dose uh, United, which is uh, the new supporters group of Miami United FC. There are a lot of familiar names. Uh, familiar faces involved with uh, La Dose, uh, if you're a Dade Brigade member. And uh, uh, we have talked about it before, and we will talk about it again, but I know Drew and I are both former and probably future two season ticket owners of uh, Miami United, uh, fourth division in PSL. Uh, and yeah, it's it's really exciting that that team um, is kind of focusing on fan engagement and that they're getting good people involved with it. And uh, it's really exciting what they're going to be able to do. Um, it's definitely something that like, I personally am very excited about. Again, even though it's not really related to Miami FC directly, I think it's great for local soccer. Yeah, it's absolutely great for local soccer. It's great for the guys taking part and have established a one on their own to, to you know engage the fourth division side uh, and have a strong supporters group with strong leadership in La Dose. So it should be absolutely awesome to see. Uh, their numbers are going to be tremendous. You know, that fourth division side has always been strong. There's never any knock that you can make against Miami United. They basically win their division 
uh, roughly every other year, it seems like, really. Um, so yeah. they're always in it. It's always a fun watch. Games are still at Ted Hendricks Park, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so that definitely go out and support my uh, Miami United because uh, it, that's a strong grassroots club there, and you're bound to have a good time. Uh, you're bound to really enjoy it. It's it's a feel that you will not find in American soccer anywhere else. It's a very European style feel in the sense that of of how small the stadium is and how close you are towards the pitch. You're not going to really find that anywhere else, uh, really in North America or in Florida. I would go ahead and venture. Yeah, and. Uh... I think in uh, maybe upcoming weeks we're going to have, uh, I believe he's still the club president, Roberto Saka. I'm going to try to interview yes. him. Um, what's what's great is, so their season starts on April 30th against Boca Raton FC, which is now kind of the uh, default group of uh, former uh, NASL supporters group Flight 19, so they all kind of merged up north. So uh, that's actually in Miami. The first game is against Boca, which should be very entertaining um the great part about their schedule is literally their next home game is may 10th and that's a u.s open cup home game i'm not a hundred percent i'm not a hundred percent sure on who they're playing but uh any open cup game is always a great game and uh you know it should be fun so i think we're gonna do a little decent amount of coverage of them and some other south florida soccer in the upcoming year so uh it's it's great to get them on board and uh support these guys also I'll take this time to to call out U.S. Soccer Pyramid and the U.S. Soccer Federation. What are you doing? What, Why does what's Division going on? One, what are you doing? How, how does Division One start two weeks ago? Division Two starts in two weeks from now. Oh, and both Division Twos, right? And Division Four, yeah, yeah both Division Twos, right? Three doesn't Division exist. Division Four, <laughs> we just we're gonna yeah. skip three. We're like the elevator that doesn't want to stop on the thirteenth floor. Um, and the Division Four is gonna start. You know, in May, like what? Huh? That doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Every division should be starting at the same time. If you want to adjust the amount of games certain divisions play, you feel free to do so. Uh, but we did learn firsthand last weekend why we don't have a winter soccer schedule in the United States. Ugh. <laughs> Minnesota game was bad. Well, uh, yeah. To to not defend the U.S. soccer, but in all fairness, the MPSL only has a. 12-game schedule, so. Well, thank you, Drew. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> so, let's go yeah. across the pond! Yeah, across the pond! Let's go across, <laughs> across the, the pond. pond. Across Smooth the pond. transitions. The European Champions League uh, has wrapped up their round of 16 play. Uh, there are 18 And I don't see why any of us need to talk about that now. Yeah, yep, yeah nope. we can go ahead and talk about that because that makes for <laughs> fair, fair, fair conversation. Uh, only one English team remains. Uh, and that is little, it's the one that little, you obviously bet on at the beginning of the year. It's <laughs> the one that you knew would be the last thing who's team standing. <laughs> little Leicester, I can't talk. Little Leicester City going to be advancing into the round of eight, uh, holding a strong for England. Monaco, if you saw their game today and you saw that goal fest that happened before, uh, uh, they are advancing, representing the French side. PSG, obviously, we we had the. You got to insert the Barcelona thing there for a second, please. All right. Um, obviously, Real Madrid. Don't have to tell you that much. Dortmund's going to qualify. Bayern Munich will qualify. Uh, Juventus goes through as well. Um, who am I missing? I feel like I'm missing at least one team here. And Atletico Madrid, that's the team I'm missing. They qualify as well into uh, the round of eight. That draw will take place 
bright and early at 7 in the morning. So as you're getting out of bed to go to work, you should get an announcement on your phone letting you know what the quarterfinal ties and fixtures will look like. That should be fun. Obviously, no. there's Europa play tomorrow. Uh, my Manchester United no, taking on FC Rostov at Old Trafford. Uh, Manchester United, your mic is on, my friend, uh, yeah, yeah. is a goal-and-a-half favorite there uh, against <laughs> FC Rostov. You know, a hundred and thirty-five dollar bet gets you back a hundred dollars here. So I don't know if I'm really going to take that, but I do like the over of two and a half uh, in that United Rostov game. Um, obviously, transitioning over to the English Premier League as Matt Bunch chooses not to mute his microphone. You see, guys, if you were ever wondering how we do this, let's explain. We've got a couple Skype calls active while he's ordering his Chinese dinner. Uh, I think he's talking to, like, a cousin or a mom. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. know. It sounds like he's ordering the number 40, which might be the the Tupac rib uh, from Chinatown. So, guys, obviously, in the EPL, Wilson's Chelsea's still at the top of the table. Ten points clear of Tottenham and Man City. Uh, Liverpool, Arsenal, United are three respective clubs. Uh, obviously battling for the fourth spot here. Um, six points does separate Liverpool from United uh, and one point in between Arsenal and United. Obviously, I don't want to hurt uh, Drew's feelings, so we'll leave the Arsenal uh, Champions League uh, play uh, off topic. But you absolutely thrashed Lincoln City, though. How about that, Drew? Oh yeah, uh, we're 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 going for the FA Cup this year again. You know, we want. Uh, <laughs> we want. <laughs> oh, I'm still laughing about my Antonio. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, you know, Arsene Wenger. Okay, gonna keep him. My mom was calling, and I needed to address it. And now you guys are insisting that it be kept in, and that's all well and good. Okay, I'm a good son. I was talking to my mother. <laughs> I thought I had muted it. I obviously just brought the volume down a little bit. Sorry. No, as I long as you're ordering Chinese, as long as you're washing behind your ears, we're all good. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm definitely, you know, doing, you know, making sure I'm eating three square meals a day and getting eight hours of sleep and all that good stuff. So we actually continue. We were, no, no, we're, we were actually just wrapping up when we were done. Uh, Omar just said that Premier League happened and Champions League didn't. So yes, uh, yeah, no, yeah, I, 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 I heard you the whole that. time. No, we did not the close end. out on that because. What were our previous predictions now that, you know, early on in this Premier League season, now we've got about 10 or so games left in the season. I made a staunch prediction saying that whole city would stay up. (laughs) Well, they're third from the bottom, so they're clearly the last team in the relegation zone at the moment. What else did we mention right off the top of the head? I think you guys had some pretty decent takes as to who would slot where, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I think I had Liverpool like third, um, yeah, and now I feel like bad. they're going to be. I think they're going to be fighting for fourth. Um, I'm uh, I'm generally a terrible predictor, so if I'm predicting it, usually go the other direction. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be a really interesting kind of photo finish because there there are too many. We got like six round pegs and and four square holes, and and it's going to be interesting to see where Man City slot in where Arsenal slot in, where Liverpool slot in, where Man United slots in. Like, we, we all pretty well understood, uh, understand Chelsea's going to finish on top at this point unless they capitulate something ridiculous. Um, but beyond that, I feel like everything's kind of an open ball game. Spurs have a slight advantage, 
maybe, but they're Spurs. Sorry, Nick Nunez, but I I, I don't trust them until they actually do the job. Saint um, Tottenham's so, day cometh. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Enjoy Drew, some spaghetti. Wait, lasagna. <laughs> Mom, spaghetti. <laughs> yeah, so I I, I think it's going to be a really interesting finish, and I also think that. This undoubtedly proves that the English Premier League is the strongest league in world football because a team that is fighting for relegation is currently in the Champions League quarterfinals. Don't ask about Man City. Don't ask about Arsenal. But uh, it's a hell of a story, man. I was really heartbroken when Ranieri was let go. Uh, I still think it was the wrong decision for the overall benefit of the club. But... um, it's, yeah, worked. it's hard to argue against getting into the final eight of the championship. <laughs> it's worked. And, and, and immediately after his sacking, they have come into form like nobody's business. Um, I think Leicester, they're going to stay up. I think if they continue this play, uh, it seems all of a sudden after Ranieri's gone. And, and you know what, though? Shame on the managers because I was saying the same thing about Chelsea last year. I'm not a you big Chelsea players. fan. Uh, yes, players. I apologize. Yeah. Um, I'm not That's a Chelsea right. fan. I'm not a Chelsea supporter whatsoever. But... I do think more so last year's Chelsea's demise was attributed to the terrible play and the terrible performances of Diego Costa, uh, Eden Hazard, and Cesc Fabregas. And those three got Mourinho fired from Chelsea. I'm not complaining. He's at United now, and, and I do like him minus some of his antics, so I have no problem with it. But shame on the Leicester players if they've been holding back for any reason. Uh, in order to ensure Rainieri's sacking, because there's no way you flip a switch like this. We see it sometimes in, in other sports, as in basketball, baseball, and, and hockey, where players will play for their new head coach or play harder to show management that you should not have let go of this coach. But in this instance, something clearly isn't adding up here. Yeah, I just think that, and and please know that this is not a Men United broadside, um, this is a, a Jose Mourinho broadside. Um, he's kind of a pile of garbage. And so oh, as a person, not as a manager, <laughs> but as a person, he's kind of the worst. And so the fact that players quit on him, uh, I could see it. I don't necessarily support it, but I can see it. The The fact that Claudio Ranieri is generally regarded as one of the really good people in, in management, generally, um and especially the nature of kind of what he was able to do last year. And obviously it's with all credit to the players too. But if the players quit on him and were actively trying to undermine him less than a year after lifting the Premier League trophy, that sucks. It really sucks. And I I hope, despite the fact that the evidence goes otherwise, I really hope that's not the case. I hope that uh, it sounds weird. I, ju- I hope it didn't work out. I hope that the reason he was fired is because whatever happened, the chemistry that was there wasn't there, and it just was in everyone's best interest to move on, and that there wasn't some sort of concerted effort to undermine him intentionally. Because if that's the case, that's really unfortunate, and that's some players who are acting in their best interest and not in the best interest of the club. Yep. Drew, what were your thoughts again? No, we did this probably Man, not. Man, I got no thoughts. Say. I hate this no, part no, of you the do podcast. Have to, no, no, you, you had some kind of bold prediction if i do recall but i can't remember which club it was for oh i don't remember either man i don't know what i say half the time man we're gonna have to pull up the tape shit all right well we definitely know it was a lee eifens episode so it'll be easy to distinguish everybody's favorite welshman lee eifens will be back with us in the next couple episodes here he's contractually obligated 
contractually obligated in air quotes to come on every seventh episode with us so he'll be with us uh for episode 21 which is right around the corner um he did predict that chelsea would win the title he before the season before the season yeah he absolutely well i think we did it like around game three or four but around game three or four he was saying that chelsea uh would probably compete or win uh the you know the premiership so excellent call there by lee um well done. We're all hoping his Swansea City Swans uh, stay up uh, for yet another long year of relegation battles <laughs> for the city of Swansea and for the Lee Eiffens household. Um, really much, that's pretty much the Premier League. I don't really feel like going into La Liga or uh, League 1 or into Bundesliga or into anybody else, uh, quite honestly. Uh, more t- we, I do want to see how, actually, I do want to see how uh, Minnesota United fare this week in MLS before absolutely destroying them and destroying anybody who wants to shit-talk the NASL because Minnesota United happens to be a former NASL side, now in MLS, and have no NASL players on their roster except for two. Uh, so if you want to have that argument, I am Ubayat11 on Twitter. Come at me, bro. Come at me. He is locked and loaded. He is ready for the fight. And by the way, Omar, I agree with you 100%. If you're using Minnesota to drag the NASL's name, get our names out of your mouth because that is not a DMA... The NASL squad that was here last year. That is Put some yeah. respect on players. the name. I, I think it was yes. Bloody Shambles that posted it originally, but on that first game, they only had one starter that was part of the NASL team, and six were on the bench. And then uh, CR21 came out and scored that amazing goal to uh, have them not be completely slaughtered by Portland. But uh, yeah, I think the few NASL players that they do have are bench players, but at the same time, all these guys are kind of. Uh, lifelong MLS hop-around guys, so it just sucks to have them, you know, kind of be like, oh, this is what the NASL standard of play is. Nah, I don't know who the fuck any of those guys are. (laughs) Come back next week when we come back to uh, preview the season so I can drop a little more Minnesota United Nuggets about they may not win a game at all in this MLS campaign in their opening year. I don't think so. I don't think so. He's saying it. He just said it. That's they a won't get three points. That's quite interesting. And now, now I've really got something we'll keep an eye out for next week because I want to go into more detail about this. But uh, let's no, uh, watch. Right, they're let's gonna they're gonna beat Orlando. No, every I do. Game. I actually want to hear what what you're what you're thinking about that. I, I'm I'm intrigued by that because I think that is something that unfortunately is kind of has been thrown on our plate. That like this is now some this is becoming a kind of NASL related adjacent thing, and I think it's good to kind of straighten it out and at the same time delve a little bit deeper into why this is the case. Because I, I mean, yeah, I mean they're getting thrashed. They're getting absolutely thrashed. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 not fun. It's not fun to watch. I do feel bad uh, for Minnesota United supporters, especially the carryovers uh, from the NASL side. I don't know which supporters group was the NASL one. Uh, originally, so dark I'm clouds. not going to put my dark clouds. Okay, yeah. there we go. Um, so I do feel bad for them. I, I legitimately do feel bad. I wish them nothing but the best, especially now uh, in the MLS and, and to enjoy everything the MLS has to offer. But at the same time, I will say, um, you know, for the ones that haven't been on the bandwagon of Minnesota since the beginning, I, I couldn't care less for you guys, to be quite honest. You guys can freeze. <laughs> it doesn't matter to me. 
You heard it here, Omar Mobayad, new fans of Minnesota. Peace and chicken grease. Get out of here. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I we I definitely let's please do put a pin in that topic and let's talk about it next week. But for now, um, let's bring this thing in for a landing, shall we? I think we shall. Excellent, Omar. Thank you as always, sir. All right, guys, it's a pleasure being here. Remember, again, the game will be live streamed on our Twitter account through Periscope at Magic City Soccer is where you find us on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at Mubayed, M-O-U-B-A-Y-E-D, 11. Uh, Excellent. Always doing a good job selling everything we have around here. Um, And, yeah, he does a great job on those live streams. Um, You know, it's it's nice to get We just need somebody else to think so now. Yeah, right? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Blake Smith's dad. If you're yes, listening, Blake Smith's dad. we appreciate your feedback. Oh, is that Blake Smith's dad who's commenting on the stuff? I didn't know that. Well, Mr. Yes. Smith, thank you. I, I appreciate the <laughs> I'm not even going to lie. I didn't Mr. Even Smith, thank you. Uh, look at that personal that personal touch that we have with our fans. Look at I mean, that's professional. That is professional. I love it. So, Omar, like I said, Omar actually does a fantastic job on those live streams. Please do check them out. It's kind of the only place you are able to see Miami FC soccer at this point until the regular season starts. Um, Drew Hausman at It's Hausman LOL. Thank you for coming by and doing the thing you do. Vincenzo Ranella, numero otto. Otto? It's It's never otto. It's never Otto. Um, not in my heart, and that's the only place it matters. Um, uh, speaking of which, uh, before we disconnect, I will let you know, T-shirt ideas are percolating. Uh, we have had multiple ideas come up for this year's Magic City Soccer T-shirt. If you have an idea, I'll be happy to hear it, because I do lots of Photoshopping on my own. But if you have an idea, please be welcome to send it along. Um, but yeah, I think we're going to have a good one this year. Um Anyway, Drew, thank you. Uh, I've been Matthew Bunch as always. I've uh, managed to survive this little shaky thing we brought it together by the end. Um, but yeah, Shake for Drew, for Omar, time. this is Matthew, and this is the end of Magic City Soccer. Until next time, go Miami FC and go Miami Soccer. <laughs>